You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Today's guest is none other than the incredible Jordana Edwards, founder of Clean Tea Australia and the Breastfeeding Tea Co, both seven-figure e-commerce businesses. Jordana recently took out seven, yes, you heard that right, seven awards at the Osmopreneur Awards in Sydney, including National Osmopreneur of the Year. She's also a Facebook business community leader for her work, training, mentoring, and supporting women. And she is just so incredibly generous with her knowledge today. So without further ado, let's jump in and hear from Jordana Edwards. So, Jordana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's amazing to be here. It was an absolute pleasure meeting you at the Osmopreneur Awards in Sydney and seeing you jump up on stage, what was it, seven times? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was only allowed three speeches. <laughs> So um, for those who don't know, you won seven awards, one of them being the main Osmopreneur of the Year nationally. So congratulations. That was, you seemed like it was a big surprise, but we're all rooting for you. Thank you. It certainly was a big surprise. I sat down after winning the New South Wales Osmopreneur of the Year, uh, New South Wales Victoria, and um, I think I was so excited. I was taking photos of my trophy when um, <laughs> Mona sitting next to me said, hey, babe, you could win this one. And next thing you know, that was my face up on the screen. I was the National Osmopreneur of the Year. So I wasn't, I wasn't even waiting to find out if I won. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was such a fun night and meeting everyone. And I'm so glad I managed to get you to come onto the podcast as well so we could catch up again. Um, now I put your name out to my community and we have a bunch of questions for you. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you're going to jump on and answer them for us. But to start with, can you just tell us a little bit about your business, Breastfeeding Tico? Sure. The Breastfeeding Tico is my second e-commerce brand. I'm now in my ninth year of business, but, uh, the Breastfeeding Tico is uh, just over two years old now. And uh, originally the products were sold within my first brand, Clean Tea, and uh, they became 60% of our turnover. So wow. I realised then that I had, um, I had, in fact, these incredible products hidden within my gifting tea company and decided to make a very big life decision, and that was to split the brand and create the Breastfeeding Tea Co. People told me I was mad, but um, I think I knew my purpose and my passion then was to help mothers through their breastfeeding journeys. So we started creating the Breastfeeding Tea Co. in November of 2019, ready to launch in 2020, you know, everyone's best year yet, and then COVID (laughs) hits. 
So it was a very interesting time to launch an e-commerce brand. But as you know, probably the best time now yeah. that we look back on it, on how the e-commerce boom. So yeah, we very quickly grew to a seven-figure business in eighteen months. Amazing. Uh, and then I yeah, thank you. And I sold I sold Clean Tea last year after my um my son got seriously ill. So I had to make some big life decisions again and decided to um to keep the breastfeeding Tico. It's just four teas and we launch our new product in two days, which is exciting. Oh, which is our exciting. first hot chocolate for um lactating Ooh. mothers. Yeah. So we're we've tried to be the innovator in the marketplace. Um there's you know, it, it's an extremely small niche and we've, we actually spoke about this at the conference, you know, very different from other e-commerce models where you can have lifetime customers. Um, yeah. Our lifetime customer, unless they ha- doesn't exist unless they have babies all the time. And as you know, no two pregnancies, no two breastfeeding journeys are the same. Babies are so different um, and mothers adapt. So, uh, we won't always have repeat customers, but uh, we do work highly on referrals. So I learned a lot in the last nine years running a very big tea company with 75 blends. And wow. I think at one stage we had 35 different types of gift boxes and I had 25 staff. There was a lot of lessons learned over that time that I implemented when I created the Breastfeeding Tico. Yeah, so you've gone from this um, brand with a lot of SKUs by the sound of it to then those four core products. Yeah, and it was an interesting time for pregnancies as well because after five years of infertility, all it took was a lockdown and I had a lockdown baby. <laughs> was told I couldn't <laughs> get pregnant without IVF and then, yeah, we only had like a two-week lockdown here and that was it, natural pregnancy, here I come. So We've certainly seen a, a COVID baby boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the one thing is that our customers continue to regenerate because people just keep having babies, and unfortunately um, breastfeeding is not easy, so we're always, always finding new customers that we can help. And I found, you know, we were lucky in Tasmania. I was allowed two visitors, one being my husband and then my stepdaughter could come as well. And my mum kept pushing her way in anyway. But a lot of states like Victoria, they couldn't have any visitors, which was just heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine not even having my husband there. So I guess for you, a lot of your community being when you launched would have been feeling very alone in that whole journey of breastfeeding and, you know, having their babies. So you kind of became like this support community as well, really. Yeah, absolutely we did. I mean, they say it takes a village to raise a child, but the villages were all in lockdown. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it was a time like no other. Um and in so many it, different cultures, different family um you know, makeups, you know, you rely on your mum, your sister, your auntie, your, you know, your best friends to guide you through those challenges that you might face, but also too if it's not the family that you can't see also seeing lactation consultants so you know most of those are based in hospitals which became all locked up and so yeah. many of the mothers were having to do breastfeeding consultations um with lactation consultants via zoom which is just not just the same, not the hands same. On. Yeah. no no and when you're talking about positioning and things and 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 just support so um and the fear around taking your newborn baby out to a pharmacy to get products to help when there's COVID about. So there were so many challenges that were faced by women in the last um, two years and still so, so 
the same challenges still exist. You know, COVID is still around. People are still concerned about their baby's health. So, you know, we are trying to provide a service, an e-commerce service that's able to deliver the products to them, you know, with no risk and something that is able to help them from the moment that the order arrives. So I guess that's always key. And that's the first thing that we say with building a successful e-commerce brand is you've got to have a good product. And it seems like so, you know, obvious, but so many people skip that step. So it sounds like you've got, <laughs> you know, you've picked your best-selling products from a previous business. So you knew initially starting this brand that the products were good and you've kind of built that community from there. As I say, it was a sort of a risk in a sense that um, it was well-known in the other brand. So we had to basically start from scratch because um, we don't have that lifetime customer. It wasn't like they jumped across. So we, we, yeah. we really did have to start again. That is, and we'll touch a little bit on that later, but that is a whole different challenge that you faced. Uh, Tell us, what does a typical day look like for you now? What does your team look like? You have a lot of staff um, in the old business. What does that look like now? Uh, So we adapted the way that we're um, running the business because obviously my time having to, um, you know, support my son through his health challenges um, and he was only nine years old and not able to walk. So, I really had to have a very clear look at how I was going to run this e-commerce brand with the limited amount of time that I had. And the first thing that I decided to do was to outsource my manufacturing. So the 25 staff that I had were all tea blenders, packers, shippers, you know, um, it was very much a production house, you know, 300 yeah. square foot factory. It was a huge deal. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no denying there's more profitability when you make the product yourself, but there's also an enormous amount of stress when it comes to yeah. um, to staffing. So um, along with COVID, we suffered from some shortages from the most of the herbs that we use in Australia, that are used in any teas in Australia, actually imported from the growing regions of the world. And once the plane stopped and the boat slowed down and the, yeah. the you know, the growers in, in all the other countries were sick from COVID, we really had an impact on our availability of product. So just what you want when you're launching. Manu- <laughs> I know. So we were able to find an incredible manufacturer who was able to get me a two-year supply chain and has absolutely revolutionised the business and I don't miss packing the tea no. <laughs> um, and the staffing issues. I won't lie. I loved our team and loved our staff. So now the staff just consists of um, people who work in administration roles. So, um, you know, we've got someone who works dispatch and customer service. So she's in charge of making sure the customers are always happy. She gets all the orders out before um, 1 p.m. every day with on same day dispatch because our mothers need our product quickly. So, yeah, so you're still um, packing we, and shipping your orders, but you're getting it made elsewhere. Yep. Yes, yes. So we didn't outsource. We, we wanted that level of customer service to remain in the business. Um, and uh, we um, just given the nature of um, the community that we work in, um, I'm watching Jenna right now. She's actually writing out all of the handwritten notes oh, and they're just nice. little love notes to, you know, to, to make somebody's day. And I think that, um, you know, it's really it, it's really a crucial part of, um, you know, the way that we've built our brand that we wanted to be a part of their community, a part of that village, and by giving them the handwritten notes that lets them know that we're still thinking, that someone is thinking of them. Yeah, that's really lovely. So, um, and then we have an incredible um, full-time marketing whiz. So I was so grateful to get her, um, oh, gosh, 18 months ago. She came to me as an intern straight out of, university with a degree in marketing and social media but absolutely no 
real world skills. Yeah, that's <laughs> so the thing with uni, had, isn't had it? No experience, yeah, no experience whatsoever. And um, it's been a great partnership. I taught her everything I've learned over the last nine years and she's really helped me consolidate the brand and yeah, we're a good team together. There's so many facets that come to um, an e-commerce brand that marketing isn't, you know, marketing is just not marketing. Um, and we actually do share the role. I still have a really active role in the marketing. Um, but, um, you know, she's just an incredible um, website manager and does all the SEO and all of our content. Um, and together, yeah, we're a bit of a powerhouse. Yeah, and what a team. And then the last person. And then the last person in our team actually left us last week, which is oh, a, no. bit, um, a bit of a shock. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just that thing, um, you know, it was our wholesale manager, so she looks after our chemist and she's actually gone to work for our competition. So, oh, no. you know, not every not everything in business is always easy, is it? No. Um, but um, that competition also stocks our products. So I literally just wish them both well, you know, and that's what you've got to do. So um, at the moment I'm falling into that role myself. So if you're listening um, to, and you're a good wholesale manager, <laughs> reach out. <laughs> yeah, good sales rep. <laughs> uh, and because we've grown to 115 pharmacies Australia-wide. So even oh, though I was or had always planned the business to be purely e-com, after women started returning to the shops to look for help in pharmacies, we knew that there was a demand there for us to have our product on shelves. Awesome. Now, uh, I had a couple of these questions come from the community and they are, they're actually great questions because when you're starting out, it can be really hard to look and see other people having this amazing success. Like you say, seven figures within 18 months and think, well, how did they do that? And I couldn't. Um, so we've got some hardballs for you, but what was your startup budget? So did you sort of invest from, you obviously sold your other business. Did you have a bit of a startup budget there? Yeah, I didn't really sell the business until 18 months into the breastfeeding tea. Okay. So um, I wouldn't exactly say that I had a startup budget that was formal in the sense that um, uh, Clean Tea had become a very successful brand with good profitability. So I knew I had the flexibility there to spend the, the money yep. to um, adapt to this second brand. So I'm trying to think of the exact budget. I probably, to be honest, um, I probably spent around about 20000 um, and that was on mainly brand strategy, website build, um, uh, graphic designer, um, all of the – all of the things that I hadn't done with clean tea initially. So I really wanted to have a very strong brand when we launched Um, and obviously um, packaging and photography. So I was, you know, I was anxious about um, (laughs) how much packaging we would need, not knowing if the brand was going to be successful or not. Um, But I think, and we just started with a thousand packets of each, which is not a lot for us now that's that's not enough (laughs) um and very quickly we learned that we were going to need um to increase our demand so it's sort of we launched with a thousand units of each and then we um obviously the money from the business we just invested straight back in but um i think it's really important to know that not all businesses are profitable straight away so you can hit seven figures really quickly but it's it's how much profit you want to keep and and whether you factored in your own wage as well i think that's really important 
Well, that was actually their next question was how long did it take for you to actually start seeing an income for yourself? So how long do you pull a wage from the business? Well, I had, I had both businesses to pull from. Um, so we were one company. So the company, uh, it took Clean Tea six years to pay me a wage. Um, and then obviously when I sold Clean Tea, a lot of, I actually put a lot of that money back into my own personal account, um, as well as some of it into the growth of the breastfeeding tea co. So, um, it's been an actual, it's actually been a bit of a wild ride with the breastfeeding tea co, because it's been so different from the volumes that we had at clean tea. Um, and the profit margins are different because we don't produce the product ourselves. So I'm actually on a wage now, but it's just less than what I was earning at clean tea. And I don't actually regret that though. I don't think, and we're still growing as a brand. We're only two and a half years in. So I, I pay myself a wage, but it's not nearly as much as what it was when I owned two e-commerce brands. Um, And I have in our goal sets, you know, how much I'm looking to pay myself this year, next year, fourth year, fifth year. So I think it's very much about paying, paying yourself based on the age of the business as well. And for you, I guess it was a big decision around lifestyle as well. You needed that time to spend with your family and to help with your son who was sick. So less money, but I guess more flexibility in hours and timing, having a smaller company. Yeah, absolutely. We work school hours here. So the whole team um, works nine till three. Um, And that's, it is amazing. And it's my choice. You know, we could work the extra two hours every day, but I guarantee you, we get what we need to get done in that six hours. Kind of like that four hour work week really, isn't it? It is. It is. We get what we need to get done and we pick up our kids from school or bus or, you know, we've got the two of us sneaked off last week to the same school assembly. Our kids go to school together. So, you know, it's, it's allowing ourselves the flexibility to do that. So when you talk about paying yourself a wage, um, you also have to allow for how much time you spend in the business. And I do work after hours. Like, um, there's not often that I'm not checking my emails when I get home at 4.30 and usually put in an hour then. So, yeah. um, but being actually physically present here in the office is um, a six-hour six day. I really love that. And this is a big one and I think this will be helpful to a lot of people, but were you confident in it being successful or was it a roller coaster of emotions? I was certainly nervous, there's no denying, but I also knew that the worst case scenario, I could stick them back and clean tea. (laughs) (laughs) So you had kind of like a safety net in the other business. I did. I did have a safety net with clean tea. Um, And I mean, when you remove 60% of the turnover from one brand, I actually wasn't worried about the breastfeeding tea co. I was worried about clean tea. Yeah, so okay. that was actually when I when I made that decision, I was like, where does that leave clean tea? Like, am I leaving it for spare parts? You know, like what what is this? But fortunately, um, my marketing brain went into overload during <laughs> COVID. And when those lockdowns first hit, we pivoted clean tea to become a gift company a lot more so. So we were selling immunity boxes and get well soon boxes and I miss you boxes. And so we were sending out over two and a half thousand gift boxes a week of tea um, during COVID. So um, while it was booming and luckily I had a fantastic general manager at the time 
um, managing clean tea for me, why I focused on the growth of the breastfeeding tea co. So I always knew it would be a bit slower as people got to know the brand and, and it really has taken uh, we hit number one on Google four months ago. So it, it took two years for us to be the Great number one breastfeeding tea company in, a, in, a, in Australia. Um, and it takes time. It takes SEO. It takes consumers trust. Google has to trust you too. Yep. But, you know, it's um, – and to build up the volumes of reviews, we couldn't just transfer, you know, the thousand reviews we had from Clean Tea across. We weren't allowed to do that. Um, yeah. So we had to start from scratch with a product that had no reviews. And now that it has equally as many thousands of reviews as it ever did, it just takes time. So That trust factor is a big one. Yeah, exactly. So for me, you know, the question wasn't did I ever think it would be successful? I think I knew it was it would because the product does what it says it does. Yeah. And it, it does provide that solution and it had been proven time and time again. It was just about rebuilding it underneath another brand name. Yeah. Okay. So you have had amazing success across the two businesses. So we've got Clean Tea and Breastfeeding Tea Co., both seven figure stores, and then you successfully sold Clean Tea. What do you think that you replicated across both businesses to make it such a success? It would definitely be branding. So both brands had such strong identities, but also we sold in a way that was solution-based sales. So Mm. that's how we were able to duplicate the success from Clean Tea into the Breastfeeding Tea Co. was not hey, look at me, buy my product. It was definitely solution-based sales. For you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I had learned that along the way with Clean Tea. You know, we had to rebrand in 2015 um, and that's when we saw our the brand pivot into massive success um, all from a rebrand. And so I knew that I knew the importance of selling for solution and so I think that's what we best replicated across both brands. Love that. Thank you. Okay. So we chatted a little bit about this. Uh, I was in the audience of a panel uh, that was (laughs) dissing on Facebook a little bit. (laughs) Don't let them hear you. Your face when I stood up and said, well, I'm in Facebook marketing. (laughs) Everyone just laughed. I know that you have had great success with Facebook with your other brand, Clean Tea. And maybe not so much success given all the changes, but also the change in your business. So breastfeeding Tico is different because the product is specifically for mums while they're breastfeeding. So unless they go on and they have another baby and another one, another one, you're basically losing them as a customer once they're finished with that journey. So how does that change your approach to your marketing? Sure. So, you know, we built the most epic funnels you've ever seen in Facebook ads for clean tea. And we had, you know, the biggest audiences to uh, re-engage with new product or promotions or just lifetime customers. Yeah. Um, Buy again and again. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like if you, if you um, look at some of my, um, my background in Facebook and the reason why it was so successful was I was really fortunate to have a Facebook marketing partner. So I was called by Facebook in 2016 um, he said, hi, this is Luke from Facebook. And I said, yeah, whatever, mate. And I hung up on him. Um, <laughs> I love that. It's like, what? Twice. Twice. Oh, really? 
turned out that Luke, Luke's now one of my um, oldest friends, actually. Um, <laughs> we still keep in contact because he was really pivotal to the build of the brand. We were just boosting posts at the time um, and he taught me everything <laughs> I know. But back in the day, that was actually quite a successful oh, yeah. um, solution. 2016 was like, we all complained, but if we could go back to those days, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know, we, I got put forward as this, you know, this brand that had um, obviously grown so much through Facebook boosts um, that Facebook came to our office down in Byron Bay and filmed me for three days. And there I was. Hi, I'm Jordana Edwards. Let me teach you how to boost your your posts in five simple steps. <laughs> um, so, so Facebook and I have had a relationship for a really long time. I was in the Facebook Small Business Council, so we would be um, with Kylie, who was also at the Osmums. Yep. So we would fly down to Sydney to the Facebook office, and we would be taught all of the latest strategies. Uh, there was about thirty of us in return for they wanted feedback on how we could um, suggest that they could help small businesses. So it was a great partnership to learn from directly from them. And also we got, you know, insights on upcoming content. So like, you know, we knew that they were going to take the likes away on Instagram before anyone else did. And we were like, why? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's a really cool office. Hey, I've actually been to Facebook HQ in Sydney. I got invited um, because of some work I was doing with a client and yeah so called the wall you have to write on the wall and even just like their lunchrooms and stuff was like wow and I loved it all the offices have these crazy names yes and um I got to be a speaker for business chicks actually at the Facebook office so the business chick event with Facebook I was a speaker there and I mean I like I said I've had this incredible journey with Facebook so don't let me diss them too much (laughs) it was more that I had had such a long relationship with them um but when I sold clean tea my marketing partner went with the business because clean Uh, tea was spending spending all the money money. they go with the money (laughs) and so so it was like here here's COVID here's the iOS changes and here's a brand that has no lifetime um, customer. And I was like, wow, time to adapt how we do things around yeah. here. So we had really successful lookalike, sorry, we had really successful interest-based targeting on Facebook for colic, lactation, pregnancy, all those sort of things. Yeah. Um, and when the interests were finally turned off, I think it was last October that the interests were completely removed, um, our interests were, we had to adapt to lookalike audiences. So luckily I've got years of customers who have bought the products. So we use um, the maximum you can get is 180-day lookalike audience anyway. But because each product is so specific in what it does, we use lookalike purchases for the last 180 days to retarget our new customers, and it's quite successful for us. Also too, obviously, um, top of funnel for us, we don't always want to be sell, sell, sell. So we are, we use Facebook to build our list. Um, so Clavio is really important to us um, because even if that customer isn't coming back to purchase for themselves, the way that we can reanimate them is to purchase for other mothers, friends, um, you know, as gifts. So, you know, it's not, it's not the end of our customer. We still like to keep them in our community. So, um, we use Clavio to do that. It's just, you know, the cost to continually re-engage people on Facebook can be quite high, especially if they're not breastfeeding anymore. So we prefer to funnel them into our list. So we do competitions via Facebook and Instagram ads, which are 
signups for, you know, win X amount of product and we run that every month and we give it away really loudly so that our customers can see that we honour those competitions. And I think that's part of the trust that you have to build. If you're going to be using competitions, you have to be really loud about how exciting it is that this person's received it. And then also sometimes they do user generated content for us as well. So many businesses miss that part of it. Like they promote the competition, they get the email leads. Like we're getting 17 cents emails at the moment running some lead ads, but then brands don't tell anyone when they actually give it away each month. And it's like, people aren't going to trust that you ever do it if you don't talk about it. So that's... Exactly. Well, we email. That the first thing we do is we email the people that signed up and let them know who won. Yeah. So, you know, if they signed up and and, and then we usually do an offer as well. Yeah. So, like, hey, you, know, you didn't you win, but out, so here's, here's an offer. Code. Yeah. 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 So, and obviously, even though our funnel is short in the sense that it's not a long time funnel, we still use it for like with our new product launch coming out on Friday. So anyone who's, you know, been engaged with the audience in the last 60 days, we, we will target them as well. Yeah, great. So it's it still works for you in just in it a totally still different way. Works. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think for me is, you know, it Facebook is part of a many platforms that we use. So yeah. it forms part of that synergy between cross platforms. So and that's so know, important. I am an advocate. It's yeah, definitely not a silver bullet. No, and I'm an advocate for our Google ads because she's a killer, you know, she's the yeah. Google queen though and that that does it for us and she also did the same ads for clean tea, but we didn't get the numbers that we get with the breastfeeding tea co. So people are specifically searching for that problem. Yeah. I can see Google ads would work really well. Yeah, exactly. And SEO, I didn't, I did a lot of SEO work at clean tea, but after it, it was in business for eight years, it already had, had already built such incredible um, trust on Google anyway, but we're really, really centric focused on um, SEO here so that when people do type in, why is my baby crying? We've got solutions that are blogs available to them. Fantastic. And it is like, I remember the first night home with my baby, I Googled how to put a baby to bed. Like I knew all the things, but as soon as I had this real baby in front of me, I just like second guessed everything. <laughs> And yeah, Googled, how do I put baby to bed? Are, are you sure it was this way around? Are you sure we're not supposed to put it the other way around? Like, oh my God, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how, tight, how tight do I swaddle oh, this baby? Yeah. Do I rock it? Do I pat it? What, what's, what does a good mum do? You know, and that's the thing is that uh, when, I had, when I had my son 23 years ago, I was only 18 years old and there was no Google. Oh. And so you had to, it's such a different experience than when I had my daughter seven years ago and it was an overwhelm of information. Yeah, so, almost too much. Yeah, it's almost too much. And then we put this social pressure on ourselves because some mums just seem to do it so well. Um, and they, actually one of the things that I mentioned about Facebook that I, I don't really touch on is that's where a lot of our community is. Um, they're in groups on Facebook looking for yeah. support. So we obviously we, we might be in a few groups privately you know, just seeing what the chat is about, um, that sort of thing. Um, I try to keep relevant with, you know, the struggles that women are having that I might not, you know, I can't wade in on and say, hey, you should buy this product because that's not why we're in the groups. Um, but it's interesting that that's where our customers are because Facebook is one of the few community, few platforms that can create communities like that. Yeah. Um, groups is, I think, huge and eventually there'll be ads in groups 
Yes. More so than, yeah, what we can do now with it. I actually asked Facebook about this last week. So um, I now have a a Facebook partner again um, and it's not looking like it's anytime soon because they had announced it two years ago and nothing's happened. So it doesn't look like we're going to have ads in group. Yeah, I remember when they announced it and I was like really excited and then it just kind of never happened. No, no, because I was like, you know, you know, when can we plan for this? Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that, and that's not to say that we, you know, we don't want to capitalize on those communities, but it's just being able to, it's just being able to give them some awareness in the communities yeah. about the products that can help them. So, um, but I respect that um, those groups are private and that's where people go to share their deepest, rawest, most, and sometimes traumatic experiences when it comes to birth and breastfeeding. So we're quite happy just to um, leave, leave it alone, but it's knowing that, when we do run ads um, on Facebook, they're in that community. They're in those communities, so they are definitely, you know, absorbing some of that feed. I would just like to be able to target based on people in groups. That would be amazing. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they'll they'll do that, but it would be nice. I'll, I'll pass. I'll pass that on. That's actually <laughs> I'm, for anyone who's interested in being involved with Facebook. There is a Boost Leaders Network. Um, I might flick you the link if you like. Yeah, that would be great. Um, you would be great to that. get into it. Yep, you would be great to get into it. But it's for businesses that are, that give back to the community and use Facebook in a way that builds communities or builds brands. So they we're we're part of that because I am an advocate for Facebook. So Facebook's coming to Byron Bay for first boost um, event in November. I'm not sure I'm supposed to tell people that yet. Um, where I'll be speaking at it. So, you know, it's (laughs) it's quite, and I'm not quite sure how many they're going to be rolling out Australia wide, but they're going back to -to face-to-face training. So, um, they did come to Hobart once. Yes, they did. In fact, in fact, (laughs) my face was on the, I did the video for it. so funny when people send you photos and they're like um your face is on the on the big screen of Facebook <laughs> like oh how awkward yeah. um but, you know when I talk about Facebook being dead that was that was never actually what I meant it was it's more along the lines of using it in a way that's in synergy with all of your platforms I think there's a place yeah. in every business for Facebook ads and it's finding either yourself or an agency to run them in best practice because you can waste a lot of money if you do not know what you're doing. And it's got to be a part of your overall marketing strategy, not this standalone thing that you rely on. And I think so many people put all of their hopes in saving a business from Facebook ads. It's going to be this silver bullet. Even though my website's not converting, as soon as I put Facebook ads there, it's going to start selling out. And that's just not how it works. And you're right. You know, we have one of, we have an exceptional conversion rate. I think, I mean, like, you know, you talk to friends and in business, you're like, what's your conversion rate? Um, Our conversion rate sits at approximately 8.5%. So for an industry standard. That that is amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Um, And that comes to do with, bringing the correct customers to the website, not just anybody. Yeah. And that's what you can do with Facebook is that you can just launch it out into the metaverse and hope that anybody hits your site, but that's just going to cause you poor conversion rates because they're not the right people for your business. So, yeah, sorry, we seem to be getting way off topic of all your questions. And down around <laughs> I love a good now. tangent, especially about <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Well, I could talk to you for hours on Facebook and maybe we shall. But one other thing that I wanted to know was barrier to entry these days. It's so much easier for people to go out there and start an online store. So if anyone's listening that might be looking to get started, what advice would you give them just starting out? I think you need to realize the size of the business that you want it to be before you start is really crucial as well. I was building, when I started Clean Tea, I was building a market store with an e-commerce brand on the side. You know, like we're not, (laughs) not, and I wanted, I wanted to make tea and have a small income so I didn't have to go back to work. Um, And I was bookkeeping on the side. So, you know, the intention there to have a seven figure brand wasn't there and I didn't build it like that. However, when my intention changed in 2015 and I decided to rebrand, it was because I wanted, I I could see the possibility for the success and I could see, Mm. I could see the growth was a, was a possibility. And so I feel like 2015 was really when I decided to, you know, start over. And the things that I, that I was really focused on was making sure that the path to purchase for my consumer was as easy as possible. So websites can, you, you can make them as pretty as you want, and but they need to be as functional as possible. And I yeah. firmly believe in solution-based sales. So if you're starting out a website, you need to start with the basics, you know, the who, the what, the how, the why. Sounds simple, but you need to know who you're targeting, um, what exactly the solution is that you're solving for them, why they should buy the product, because if you don't know that, they won't know that. So yeah, it's, um, such good advice. it's so bloody simple, but, <laughs> but, but it's those basics that people basic. skip because they go straight to the flashy looking website or the complex Facebook ad funnel. And you know, so our course goes through very similar to that, you know, first it's about your numbers and then it's the audience that you're targeting, then it's the messaging. And then we do content, getting that conversion rate up. Then they're allowed to touch Facebook ads. Yeah. And I remember once we had a student who skipped a few and got to the Facebook ads and then came back. They're like, they're not working. They're not working. And we got to the bottom of it and they'd skipped the audience module and they had no idea who they were talking to or what to say to resonate with that person because they didn't know who that person was. So you've got to go through those basic steps and people hate it. They're like, can you just unlock the Facebook ad module? I just want to jump into that one. And we go, no, they're in this order for a reason because if you don't actually, you know, nail that messaging and nail who it is that you're trying to, you know, talk to, then you're not going to be able to write Facebook ads that actually, you know, talk to that person and your website's not going to convert because you're not got the right messaging on there. So I love that you you pointed that out. And your your e-commerce store or your online shop is your shop. If you walk into a shopping centre into a business that has a ter- has terrible signage, has a poor window front and is cluttered. You can't see what things cost. You can't find your size. You're going to walk out. So exactly. think of it like, think of it like a shop. Yeah, it's a user experience. So, you know, what, you know, does your homepage tell you what you do or are you straight into sales? You know, um, how much trust have you built up on that website? Do you know, can, can people clearly see value if they buy more? Um, is there too many products? I am someone who has done that. So yeah, I think it was 74 team blends. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, because more is more, right? I mean, T2 does it. That's it. This is my, this was my understanding of well, T2 can have 130 T's. So can I, but it doesn't work like that for every business. And so, yeah, you know, in 2018, I culled my um, stock in half 
and it was the best thing I ever did. We didn't lose any sales because it's that 80-20 rule. Usually 80% of your sales are 20% of your product. And in my case, that was the breastfeeding tees. Yeah. And so I moved them out. So it was about um, recreating the shop again. Um, but, you know, clean tea, we didn't sell tea. We sold, um, we sold, we sold joy. So, uh, you know, that's, that was the messaging. We hope you find joy in every cup. A completely, you know, it wasn't come to my shop and buy tea. I see all these ads all the time. And it's like the best, you know, the best organic tea. I'm like, you know, different from the other best organic tea that ad that I yep. see two, <laughs> two times later. What, you know, what is it that you sell? And we sell joy. Yeah, I love that. It's like you don't sell that, you know, the drill, you sell the hole or whatever <laughs> it is that you're using that for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, um, I think it's exactly that. It's what do you sell and what solution do you do you solve? And, and and you have to know who that person is. We I'm actually looking through our window at the moment. We do personas, so um, we have little stick figures on our whiteboard at the moment. And it's you know Excellent. a mum with colic, a mum with lactation, a grandmother of a of a woman who oh, um, yes. his daughter and obviously grandchild are having these experiences and how do we communicate to them what's the messaging to them that's different from a mother who's got a colic baby is again very different to a mother who has low milk supply so we have to not no two pages on the website are written the same either you know they 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 this we we put ourselves in their shoes and go down to their deepest levels, their fears, their income, their concerns, their solutions. We we drop ourselves into that consumer so that we know exactly how to speak to them. I love that. Uh, we talk all about creating an avatar in our wardrobe, and some people have gone as far right. as like printing printing up the person and putting them on a plot banner in their office. Yes. And I just think that's great because every time you do something, whether you're writing Facebook ad copy or you're tweaking, you know, the description on your website, you can look at that person and go, what would they connect with? How would I write to that person? Exactly. Exactly that. Thank you so much. You've been so overwhelmingly generous with your knowledge today and you have got so much knowledge around business, two seven-figure brands, and to just come and share so openly. Uh, I know my audience is going to appreciate it, so thank you very much. That's okay. I um, I learnt from so many others in my path, you know, um, and I'm still learning. I'm still a student of my business and, and um, you know, I'm still re- – re- ready to adapt or pivot at any time. Um, but so much of what I learned over the last 10 years has been um, from other people sharing their knowledge with me. I mean, I still have mentors. People think, oh, wow, she's killing it. I'm like, I have three mentors. You know, like I, have, I go to different mentors for different reasons and I say, I haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that. I love that. Always to, be learning. Always be learning. But always and always I'm open to sharing um, I'm open to sharing because I know that others that have shared with me have changed the trajectory of my entire business and my career. I rebranded in 2015 after listening to a woman speak at a small networking event and I literally went, I have to change my brand. Like I have no idea who I am. And, um, yeah, so I think that these, you know, giving away these tiny nuggets of information or just our journeys can help other people grow. So um, thank you for being able to share my journey. I'm really grateful. Well, if somebody wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Where do you hang out? So um, the brand, the breastfeedingtco.com, uh, 
Uh, we're also on Instagram at the Breastfeeding Tico. Same with Facebook. Um, if you'd like to connect with me personally, um, I'm on Instagram as at Jordana Edwards. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Loving a bit of LinkedIn lately. It's been great. Must be since great. the conference, since they told us yeah. to get it out. That was the first time I dusted off the cobwebs on the app when I opened it. Hadn't been on there for a while. And it's so active at the moment. It's fantastic. It's like it, it feels kind of like a Facebook group for business, if that makes sense. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, strictly business. Um, so uh, if you'd like to contact me, if you ever want to um, have a chat, um, you can also contact me at Jordana at thebreastfeedingtco.com. Amazing. I will link up all those links in the show notes so you guys can find Jordana wherever you wish to hang out with her. Thank you so much again. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to sell more on your online store, be sure to check out my signature program, Ecom Igniter. You can find out more at ecomigniter.com.